Welcome to The Aggressive Life. We're just a few days out from Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday of the entire year, bar none. Yeah, I like Christmas. Christmas is great, but Christmas has also been overly commercialized. It's a day that you just spend time thinking about consumerism and materialism and whatever, whatever, and, you know, celebrating Santa. I like Santa. Santa's not a bad guy. <laughs> but the spiritual roots of, Christ, of Christmas are harder for me to attain to, harder for me to keep focused on than Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving is just one of those holidays that kind of the world has not gone after. It's because our world isn't really into gratitude. Our world is into criticism and cynicism. Criticism and cynicism doesn't live hand-in-hand hand with Thanksgiving. So today I'm gonna try to help you get into an aggressive mindset of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. Long before you sit down around a table, Thanksgiving is a choice you make first in your mind. Gratitude is choosing to see the world around you as a gift and pausing long enough to say thank you. Our culture is one of entitlement. We move at lightning speed, we don't have time to acknowledge or appreciate others. And that makes gratitude a countercultural move. And whenever something's countercultural, you're not naturally going to do it. And therefore, it's an aggressive move. It's intentionally going against the stream. Today, I'm going to share two traditions that can help you reconnect with the aggressive spirit of Thanksgiving. First, you can join me in my garage for a clip, or at least an audio clip from my YouTube series called Garage Bible Study. And in this episode, I'm gonna share a simple but powerful Thanksgiving tradition I've been practicing with my friends for years and my family for years. Here it is. We're gonna go to Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, and here's what it says. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit giving thanks always for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks. How often are we supposed to give thanks? Always. Well, what are we supposed to give thanks for? For everything. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to give thanks how often? Always. And for what? For everything. To God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Gratitude is in very, very short supply. An attitude of gratitude is not what the average person has. We have an attitude of judgmentalism, an attitude of superiority, an attitude of cynicism, an attitude of skepticism, an attitude of judgmentalism, an attitude of all kinds of values that are not based on God. Those are not values of gratitude, of thankfulness. Our, our country doesn't know how to commercialize thankfulness and gratitude because we're awful at it. We suck at it, but we're not very well doing things that fill us with the Spirit and that the Spirit recognizes. I want to give you the rest of our time together today a thing that I've been doing for, I was going to say years. It's actually been decades with my family. I'll do it multiple times Thanksgiving weekend, and here's what I do. I take a, I take a vase that was given to me at a... Uh, 80th birthday party I went to, 80th birthday party for Carl Lindner. He was the richest person in all of Cincinnati, he used to own the Cincinnati Reds, Chiquita Banana, Great American Financial. Carl was a friend of mine. I don't know how in the world I became a friend of his. I don't know why I got invited to his 80th birthday party. I got invited to his 80th birthday party, me and about, I don't know, a thousand other people. But I was there and he gave everybody these, 
these vases and a bunch of other things. This vase says, I'll, I'll say it the way Carl did, only in America, gee, aren't we lucky? He used to say that to his wife, Edith. Aren't we lucky to have gone from poverty to delivering milk to being you know, the person that he was? Really incredible. His sons were and are very close followers of Christ. And they would say to him, Dad, we're not, we're not lucky. Lucky means that something from outside just magically and randomly dropped nice things on us. We're blessed. God has blessed our family. And that's the verbiage Carl was using later on in his life. What we do when we get together as a Tome family, we haven't been blessed financially like the Linder family, um, but we've been blessed. Every family has been blessed. You have been blessed. There are the things that God has brought your way. And to be filled with the Spirit, you have to learn how to notice how God has blessed you and articulate that to Him. That's Thanksgiving. So we get together with this empty vase, and we'll go around the table again and again and again and again, and we'll just thank God for the things He's done. We'll take a pot filled with water and any small glass. Uh, this, right now it's a little teacup that uh, Lib's grandmother had, which is very special to her. Sometimes we use shot glasses. And we'd go around and we'd, we'd pick up a thing and we'd say something like, uh, I'll just model this for you, things I'm thankful for. I, I am thankful for the generosity of God that I could sit in a garage full of tools and some toys that I never would have imagined that I would have ever had the resources for. God has blessed me financially and physically. And then we'll go to the next person. I'll just keep going. Just giving gratitude. I am thankful. I am thankful that God has given me a platform to bless other people spiritually. I hope I'm doing that for you. I'm really not wanting to build my social media followership as much as I want to build your heart. And I'm thankful that a lot of people are tuning in in order to grow spiritually and that I get to be used by God in some small way. I'm, I'm thankful that I get to be used by God. I am, I am thankful that at my age, I am as energetic and as passionate and as driven as I've ever been because I thought at 56, you'd start to phone it in and I feel as purposeful and as excited as I did at 26 and 36 and that comes from God giving me energy. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my dog, Peanut, who could be in here right now, but she's not. We've had some really dog of a dog, but she is a dog. It's a blessing. I'm thankful for Peanut. I'm thankful that my marriage this last year has been the best year of marriage I've ever had. Sometime I'll tell you all the difficulties and the ins and outs of our marriage over the last few years. This is not the day, but I'll just tell you this. Last year has been the most uh, watershed moment in my marriage with my wife, Libby, and I love her. And I'm proud of her, and I'm proud of what God's doing inside of our marriage, and I'm very thankful for that. I am, I am thankful to live in a country where difference of opinion can be tolerated, where we're not under military rule. I've been in countries where that is. I'm thankful to live in a free country of America with all of our problems and all of our bickering and back, backbiting, that you and I get to live life the way we mostly want to unheard of in the rest of the world and other countries. 
I am thankful for the blessing of technology that magnifies my efforts and enables me to connect with you. I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for God giving me a fresh appreciation this year of how Jesus has died for me. I've been more humbled by the love and the death of Christ for me than I have maybe in any other year, at least since I came to know Christ as a 15-slash-16-year-old. The love of God that poured out His heart for me is more profound to me this year than ever before. I am incredibly thankful for that. And as I go and I thank God for things like water, that we've never had a water shortage. Thank God for things like garages. I overflow. The Bible says, God gives me to my cup overfloweth. And so we keep doing that one by one all the way around until the cup overflows. We normally put a, a cookie sheet underneath that that holds it. And then after that, the formal time of, is over and everyone having to go around, it kind of forces everybody to do it. Do that. Force people because we have to be forced to be gracious. It's a good thing to be forced to be gracious. And eventually people get in the rhythm. They start being thankful. Thank you for people that are around the table. Every time I do this, there's somebody who cries, somebody who cries out of gratitude for somebody who's around the table. It's a beautiful thing, friends. When you see somebody who's moved to tears over gratitude instead of moved to tears over anger and over hurt, which is the way normal people are only ever moved to tears. And once that overflows, then it's just whoever wants to go. If you want to add something else on, you can. And people add things on, like, like I'm thankful for my incredibly close friends on my most recent elk trip. Judd Watkins, Steve Smith, my son Jake Tome, who... Uh, just are fun to be with and have filled into me. That would be an overflowing. I'm thankful for the fact that I have extra money to buy a Thanksgiving meal for other people. And it goes on and on. Friends, take advantage of Thanksgiving. Don't be like a normal person. Be an abnormal person who's going after gratitude. You do that. Your Thanksgiving, your life will never be the same. That's all I got for you this week. We'll see you next week on My Garage Bible Study. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's a product I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I don't watch my diet too closely, but I know that I'm getting all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients I can, as well as hydrating with 12 ounces of water right off the bat at the beginning of the day. One scoop of AG1 has got 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and it doesn't taste like it. It actually tastes great. AG1 is a micro habit with big benefits. For less than $3 a day, you can take care of your health and invest in your future. It's recommended by professional athletes, health experts, and me. <laughs> to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash aggressive life to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So go get you some and let's get back to the show. 
Next, we're jumping into a podcast conversation I had last year with my friend and historian, Stephen Mansfield. He talks about the, the spiritual history of Thanksgiving, and in this clip, he explains a tradition his family has practiced for years is a way to connect them to the history of the holiday, and based on his prompting, I've also added this to our Thanksgiving tradition. Here it is. Well, what goes on, though, that leads to Thanksgiving is that these guys have shown up late, even though the Native Americans are going to help them. Uh, still, they don't have enough food. They, the voyage took too long. They left too late. They weren't well provisioned. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story that's heading towards disaster. But then they start planting. They start doing what they can. But now comes the moment that I want every American to remember. They call it the starving time because half of the pilgrims died. Half of them, half of those who came over to be, a, as they said, by building blocks of the, of the cause of Christ in the new world. So these people came for Christian purposes. They came to spread the gospel. They came to reach the natives. The natives ended up saving them. But then half of them died. There wasn't a family that didn't have a death in it amongst all the pilgrims. Think about that. Of all those people I described who came over, minority of men, 30, about 30 women, about 34 children, uh, more than half of them died. So by the time you get to the planting time in the spring, you've got about 52 people and they are, they're scurvy ridden, they are emaciated, they're hungry, but they start planting, they start following the Indians, they start harvesting the ocean, harvesting the sea. And by November, they finally have an abundance of food for the first time uh, and they, they decide to have a Thanksgiving. And this is, this is exciting to me as a Native American because you only have about 50 pilgrims but they decide to welcome their native friends and the natives show up. This is one of the humorous moments in all of this. The natives show up with 90 Indian braves. <laughs> well, clearly that could wipe out all the food, all the extra food they have. It's got to get into the new year. Uh. So the chief, the chief sends the braves out. They kill about five, six deer. They bring other pumpkins. They bring other foods. They teach them how to cook some things. By the way, this is the first time these Englishmen ever saw popcorn, mm. something the natives did that the Englishmen didn't know anything about. So when you do popcorn watching the movie on Thanksgiving Day, you're being very American. And they gave thanks to God. Now, what's, what, what the guys like to hear is they had wrestling contests. This, by the way, this went on for four days. This Thanksgiving went on for four days. And so they had wrestling contests. They had shooting contests. And at one point, I'm not sure that you want the children to hear this, but at one point, a food fight broke out. Uh, they were having such a rowdy time uh, that they started chucking apples at each other and things like that and had a good time. So... Fall of 1621, November 1621 was the first Thanksgiving. Now, here's a little thing I'd just like to throw in to make sure that we were thinking about it right. It's a real lesson of American history. Uh, in New England, they long had a tradition after the years of the pilgrims of remembering the quote-unquote starving time, that period when the pilgrims almost all died out due to starvation. And they every day, those pilgrims during that period had a little bit of brackish water and five kernels of corn. So later in New England, after they had prosperity and after they wanted That's to all they the ate. starving time. That's all they ate every That's day. It. Contaminated That's water it, and five kernels of corn. That's it. That's all they had. During the cold, starving, ice, the ground's frozen, the animals are all, you know, hibernating. I mean, that was bad. See, even the sea freezes up there, by the way, as you may know, because maybe you've been there. So later when they were prosperous, the families in New England wanted to remember the starving time and pass that heritage and that character on to the next generation. 
So there was a tradition when the family, when the food is there, the family's ready to eat, the table's groaning with food. The children would go around and put five kernels of corn on each plate. We actually did this in my, in my, the Mansfield family growing up. And my kids love it to this day. We put five kernels of corn on each plate, stand at the plate at the table and make the beginning of the prayer an acknowledgement of the suffering and the forefathers and the pioneers and the heroes who laid the foundation. And then pray and thank God for our current lives and whatever, you know, we want to give thanks for and then eat. So when my kids were young, they loved doing it like five-year-olds would love to do. When they were teenagers, they're like, oh, dad, do we have to do this? And then now my kids are both in their 30s. And if I start heading to pray over the Thanksgiving meal without having put the kernels of corn on the plate, I mean, my 30-year-old kids blow it and just lose it. They, dad, what are you doing? We got to do this. And so it's become a tradition. Now I've got grandchildren. They're doing it with the grandchild. And this, what this does is it connects contemporary Thanksgiving celebrations and families to the starving time of the pilgrims and a remembrance of what's happened. And then, of course, in a lot of the families that will do that, especially Christian families, they'll read the books, read the stories, uh, you know, watch the movies, whatever, and make sure the story is told. So it's, it's a, it, I think it's fine to watch football. It's fine to eat a lot. That's what the day's there for. And sports, as you know, is part of the history of, this, of the holiday. But my point is, take some time, yeah. tell the story, remind people of the heritage. It only takes a few minutes. And that little liturgy of the five kernels of corn really can keep a family awake to what's been the price that's been paid before them. So if you're looking for a fresh way to make Thanksgiving about more than turkey, football, and amphetamine hangovers, not amphetamine, tryptophan, tryptophan, yeah, hope you're not having an amphetamine hangover, tryptophan, 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 whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. If you want more than that this Thanksgiving, try one or both of these traditions on for size. And if you want to hear more, you can find links to the full Garage Bible Study episode in my podcast with Stephen Mansfield in the show notes. Hey, whether you try these traditions out for yourself or not, I hope you make intentional time to practice gratitude because that's the aggressive choice. And I just want to tell you, I'm thankful for you, all you listeners. I've asked you to put reviews and you've done reviews. Uh, I've got a lot of encouragement from you. And I got to tell you, I appreciate it a lot. I appreciate that you, I'm thankful that you take me the way I am and you keep tuning in because hopefully you're getting some level of help and that is what I live for. So thanks for being great aggressive people in the community. We've got a whole nother year ahead of us. I'm excited to do it with you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram, at Brian Tome. The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.